Hello everybody, thanks for tuning into the show. Today we're going to be talking about the stress bucket. My name is Chris Sutton and this is Mental Conversations. Alors, bonjour. Bonjour, Chris. <laughs> um, bonjour et bienvenue à la conversation mentale. So this is Hello. me. All right. Guess who I've got in studio today, everyone. Um, this is Mental Conversations. My name's Chris, and I'm here with uh, Lucille Allon-Pessant. Um, welcome. Thank you for coming Thank back you. into the studio. Um, we'll do the rest of it in English, probably best. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could do it, but I could probably do Je lave ma poubelle deux fois par semaine. Okay, interesting is, one. Yeah, I, I wash my dustbin twice a week, but other people might not be interested in that. No, no, I think the vocabulary might be limited. <laughs> <laughs> so, we'll, so we'll stick to what we're going to talk about. Now, quite often when, we do, when I do these shows, um, it's quite difficult conversations and they can be um, quite hard probably for people to listen to. Yeah. But I actually think this one, because we're going to talk about the stress bucket, yeah. um, is quite uplifting because it's going to give people an idea of um, different things they can do that can yes. help relieve their stress. Yeah. So are you happy to explain what the stress bucket is? Yeah, absolutely. It's a very practical exercise. I use myself um, in the stress workshops that I run in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Basically, you think about your body as a bucket filled mm-hmm. with water. The stress factors keep coming in from mm-hmm. the top, so the water keeps going up and up and up in the bucket. And you have holes at the bottom of the bucket, and they are your coping mechanisms mm-hmm. to help you to deal with the stress yeah. and to take the stress levels lower, so yeah. to empty the bucket. Because the challenge is, Uh, when the water overflows, which means you are under too much pressure and you don't um, make the stress levels come down. Yeah. Uh, that's when you are you have long-term stress condition or burnout. That's when you're not coping, isn't it? So, yeah. Yeah, and I, I really like this exercise because, it, like you said, it is really practical. Exactly. So the way it was described to me as well, just to take it on from there, was that... We all, the size of our bucket is different. Everybody's yeah. bucket is a different size. Yeah. Um, so for someone like me who struggled, has struggled with anxiety for, you know, forever, yeah. um, for some things in particular, I have a, quite a small bucket. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had never thought about that before until quite recently. And it, but it makes absolute sense. Absolutely. Some people who are fairly resilient, let's say, have a massive bucket yeah i was about to say the word here is resilience yeah like the the bigger the resilience the bigger the bucket if yeah. you want to keep that image yeah but also you are resilient you might be resilient in some situations and not in other situations yeah you might be resilient at some point in your life and at some other point in your life a bit less yeah so absolutely. it's just a scale between let's say one and ten and the bucket varies the yeah. size of the bucket varies and it's important to, i think it's important to stress that stress forgive the pun but like <laughs> but because it 
Because some people, well, I hadn't thought about it in those terms when I when I first learned about the stress bucket. Yeah, yeah. And actually, it made me realise that my what I now know is called, say, like your tolerance of uncertainty. Yeah. My tolerance of uncertainty is pretty low. Okay. In life, mm. so I struggle if I'm, you know, I have generalised anxiety disorder, so I yeah. worry about nothing in particular. Yeah. It's just constant worry of something mm. so my tolerance of uncertainty is very low so my bucket is small yeah um so the other thing the key thing that one of the key things you've said there as well is about this water flowing in so um the different stresses that come into your yeah. life might be the same for different people mm-hmm. but essentially the amount of water coming into the bucket is dependent on your own resilience to that thing. Yeah, and how you take on things that happen to you. So the same event might be uh, a big amount of water for someone and a really small amount of water for someone else, yeah. and yet it's the exact same event. Yes. So, and it's actually okay. That's something I want to say in the podcast, that mm-hmm. you sometimes when you suffer from anxiety you have on top of your anxiety guilt mm-hmm. that your situation is not as bad and you haven't experienced any uh, hard traumatic experience so you feel guilty of being anxious okay so i think it's uh, it's just to stress stress the point yeah. that it's actually it doesn't matter the experience Yeah. It's just the way you experienced it and you lived it and you internalize it. Yeah. And it's actually okay to be anxious about something small. It's yeah. just who you are and you just need to work on it. But what it right, so that's a key point because what it what this whole exercise does is it I think this is the hardest thing to take from it. So I'm going to say it right up front is that your own mental well-being actually is down to you. Yeah. That's a really hard thing. It was yeah. a re- for me personally that was a very hard thing to um recognize when it was when someone said that to me for the yeah. first time. I was thinking, no no no, all these things are happening to me. Yeah. So they're out of my control, but actually the way you process and deal with the situation is often something you can temper and you can Absolutely. change and you can so But like you say, so one of one of the examples I always use is I get stressed on trains. Yeah. Um and my stress level so I'm but I'm not as bad as I used to be. Okay. So say but just using it as an example, my fear was always I'm not going to be able to get off the train. Okay. So I'm going to pull into my station. Mm. I won't be able to open the door and I'll see all the other doors opening, but mm. mine won't open. I see. And then I'm stuck on the train yeah. until the next one and then I'm going to be late and blah blah blah. Yeah. It has never happened to me, yeah. but it's something I've always been anxious about mm. and stressed about. So in the past, when that was really at its highest for yeah. me, that was like Niagara Falls coming into my <laughs> bucket, you know? Whereas now it's probably just a little drip, drip, mm. you yeah. know? So, yeah. But it was it was my own actually analyzing that stress that changed the amount of water. Yeah, absolutely. And it's also a matter of identifying the source of stress and putting them into I would say two different categories to keep it simple. Mm-hmm. The ones you have control over and the ones you have no control over. Ooh, so I like I like this. Yeah. If you have no control over a situation, 
you can't do anything about it. So the way to look at it is to say that it's not worth your energy, okay. your mental space, so and keeping can, you up at night. Can you give me an example? Brexit? <laughs> at the moment. You went there. You went there. Yeah. Um, I, I won't say I'm stressed about the situation. Um, I think the general... Um, feeling is more being blasé, mm-hmm. but I mean, that's another podcast or another topic, yeah, yeah. but the, I have no control over it, no one has uh, for now, mm-hmm. so let's just not stress about it. The two options, you either let it go completely if you can, mm-hmm. or you do your best to accept it, and acceptance uh, can be challenging, yeah. but eventually you would have no other option. Yeah. So what I try to do is that I, I just um, consider these things as not worth my energy. So, so it so won't keep me up at night. I like that. I mean, a similar thing to that is like, um, the example I always think of with that is like, is dying. Yeah. You know, a lot of people have a real fear of, of dying. But you can't, you can't manage when you're going to die or no. how you're going to die. Yeah. And yes, you know you are going to, yeah. but... But yeah, I'm so, not saying it's easy to let gonna, go or accept. I was just going to say that. Yeah, I'm just saying it's it's a target. Yeah, and it's it's just a decision making tool. And it's to help you identify and select eventually yeah. the, the stressors that you accept and the one that you reject. Yeah, and I think that it's it's a way of if the water is going in via a tap, it's a way of turning the tap down a bit yeah. rather than off even yeah. you know you're just reducing that amount of water that's going in so you know just to make people just to make people clear so some of the things some of the things that people often would say as are their stresses are like family yeah. um they might be uh, work work money um and relationships then, absolutely yeah. and then and then things like the individual things like it might be um going into a shop to buy yeah. something. It might be getting off a train. Yeah. You know? um, getting up in the morning or getting out of the house as well can be big stresses. So they're all very individual yeah. to people. You know, we all have these things. So so that's the kind of things we're talking about. And each of those things will differ the amount of the water that's going into your, your bucket. Exactly. Um so so what so tell me about the holes. Yeah, the positive side of yeah, things I like is that you can um, empty the bucket yourself by having coping mechanisms in place. Mm-hmm. Now, there are two types of coping mechanisms. There are the healthy ones and the unhealthy ones. Yeah. The healthy ones, they offload the bucket on the long term. So they help to um, make the stress levels go down on the long term. Mm-hmm. For example, um, when I lived in Paris, I had a very, very busy lifestyle, and one of my healthy coping mechanisms was dance. Yeah. I was going to dance three times a week, there was nothing coming in the way, and it was probably the only time of the week where I would not work or check my phone because I was a workaholic yeah, and yeah. Uh, really passionate about my job, but probably too much. So the stress levels were really high, but it was. It, I actually noticed I was more productive on the day after a dance class. Yes, yeah. The unhealthy coping mechanism um, can be, well, most of them are addiction uh, related. Um, I used to drink a lot of mm-hmm. alcohol. 
it was part of the company culture as well to go out uh, after work and come back late and go, you know, work hard, play hard mentality. Yeah. Uh, but then after a while you realise that you kind of need that glass of wine to unwind. Yes, The yeah. problem with unhealthy coping mechanism and is that they work very well on the short term, mm-hmm. but the day after the stress levels are higher, mm-hmm. your bucket is still full. Yes. Plus you need to deal with a hangover. Yeah, so, so it's if not anything working, is more, it's, it's more stressful. More. So yeah. It's just a distinction. Um, it can be challenging. If you're listening to this podcast, you might want to do the exercise yourself mm-hmm. to draw a bucket, try to identify the stress factors that make the water come in, mm-hmm. and then at the bottom of the bucket have your healthy coping mechanisms and unhealthy coping mechanisms. Yeah. Um, it's actually okay to have unhealthy ones. We all have. The goal is to make room for the healthy ones so that the unhealthy, easy fix yes. don't take over Yes, and it doesn't become as attractive to, to go down that route. Exactly. I, I, think it, I think one of the key things there is, um, I've noticed this myself recently, I had a, I had a day um, a couple of weeks ago where I, um, I did a lot of exercise one afternoon and it was... It was like gardening, or it was something that I was involved yeah. in an activity. Okay. So at the end of the day, I was exhausted. Yeah. And I slept so well. Yeah. And the next day, I felt amazing. Yeah. And then, you know, within the last couple of weeks again, I've had ni- a couple of nights where I've slept really badly. Yeah. And the next day has almost been a write-off. Yeah. It's just been like, and, and I was like, wow, you know, sleep is so important to, is. To, to most people or to everyone. But I was like, actually, to me, sleep is it's really vital for me to get through the next day and and so you know i bring it back to that kind of um taking responsibility for it about yourself is that you know yourself and your body and how you feel better than anyone else yeah so you know i know i'm mixing things all together but you've got the say the unhealthy coping mechanism of say drugs or alcohol Mm. you know that following day when you wake up with that hangover it's questioning, okay, was this worth it? Yeah. Sometimes we all like to go out yeah. and have a few drinks and, and like have a good time, let our hair down, and, um, and that's fine. But it, it's, it's kind of, can you the next day rationalise, well, it was worth it, that was fine. But also, if... why? Mm. Why did I do it? Did yeah. I do it because I enjoyed myself and that's part of you know, what I like doing and I know it works well for me? Um, or did I do it to, to forget or to escape or to avoid a situation that I'm too frightened of? So you're actually Crazy. talking there. This is scary stuff. Because <laughs> you're talking about being honest with yourself. Yeah. Which and is a pretty challenging. Yeah, it's a very yeah. challenging thing to do. Um, because, and again, the, the ultimate thing that we're doing here, well, there's two. There's two things. When you actually do this exercise, I mean, I've, I've printed off the piece of paper so we can see, like, and obviously people can't see that, but when Lucille's just described the, um, the, the holes in the bucket, yeah. the piece of paper I've got in front of me, which is on the Leeds Mind website, is literally a circle, with lo- which is, represents the bottom of the bucket, yeah. with lots of other circle, little circles within it. And you can write on those circles. It's quite nice to do that visual of yeah. these, are what my, these are the things that de-stress me. Yeah. So, but there is a big difference between writing down 
what your de-stressors are. Yeah. One, I found, and I'm just talking personally, <laughs> but I'm assuming other people do the same. One, you kind of lie to yourself mm-hmm. and you write, you start writing down the things you think you should be writing. Yeah, you know? yeah. And two, you, I looked at what I'd written down and thought, I don't do any of those things. I don't things. do any of this. Like, Yeah, that's why I, I said um, earlier that it's important to make room mm. for the healthy coping mechanisms because the unhealthy ones um, are just easiest or more, mm. more attractive when you're easier, sorry, or more attractive when you're tired or you're overwhelmed with stress. Yeah. Um, you know, we're talking about addiction, but also procrastination, mm-hmm. uh, TV, like just, or yeah. video games, some passive um, activities that things you do. To, things where you switch off yeah. very easily. And they, they're good on if it's not all the time mm-hmm. um but it's just the, the the challenge is to say okay um i know that gardening helps me it makes me sleep well yes. and it makes me feel great the day after because i have achieved something yeah. and people can see i can see i can talk about it yeah gardening works for me okay when am i going to do gardening yeah and if it's too difficult if you plan it and you don't do it, then plan it and tell someone that you're going to do it. Ooh, and like ask that. this person to check on you. So yeah. being accountable to somebody so that you can actually make it happen. Um, because if you procrastinate or if you don't do it or go for other unhealthy coping mechanisms, you're going to feel bad and you're going to feel even more guilty because mm. um, you planned it and you know it's good and yet things came in the way. Yeah. So if you're accountable to someone else, then you're more likely to make it happen. Was I was it you I was talking to about the like the exercise on your watch? Was that you I was talking to about? Like, I was talking to someone recently about same kind of thing about being accountable yeah. where it was like um doing I don't know if it was burning number of calories or if it was the amount of time mm-hmm. spent or the steps. Mm-hmm. You know like a uh, um how many steps you'd done in a day. Yeah. Um, but they were saying that they were linked with their mother-in-law or some relative. Okay. So that basically you got a you got a notification of right. what they've done. Yeah. So it was almost like a bit of a competition, which could be unhealthy. You know, it need, would need to be a friendly, healthy competition. But but still, yeah. that accountability yeah. is a similar kind of thing. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you about then was. If we're going to commit to, <laughs> I'm taking you all with me, we're all committing to, without your permission, um, that we're going to focus on ourselves then, and we are going to take yeah. accountability for ourselves, take yeah. ownership of making time to do these things. Um, whilst we're in that frame of mind, I like the idea, and this is really hard, mm-hmm. but of actually trying to look at underneath the reasons behind the stresses. Because I think that's... I know it takes it a little bit away from the stress bucket exercise, Mm. Mm. but there are these mechanisms. There may be, if A is the stress and B is the whole, you know, A minus B equals stress-free, yeah? Mm. Very very nicely kind of... (laughs) That's very nice in the little box there, but very unrealistic in terms of what most things are so when you're looking at most of the things people put in the stress as a stress reliever something like exercise or healthy food um or what is sometimes a stress for people family sometimes family is the the reliever um so 
sometimes those things you think, or say meditation, meditation isn't necessarily going to help me feel less stressed about getting off a train, mm-hmm. but in general it will bring yeah. my anxiety down. Yeah. You see what I mean? But, yeah, definitely. So what I'm asking, though, that's slightly more complex, is rather than thinking of just, or rather than just focusing on what can I do about relieving stress about being on a train, mm-hmm. is is it the getting off a train I'm stressed about, or is it something underneath? You know, what's mm, the ultimate yeah. thing? I think it's not really one stressor equals one coping mechanism. It's more seeing the bucket as a whole, mm. as a whole bucket, and all the stress factors that mix up the, yeah. all the water. Absolutely, okay, they mix all together. So you kind of need to find coping mechanisms that work for you no matter what happens okay because i have really bad news mm-hmm. is that the stress factors will keep coming in oh i'm switching off we're not, <laughs> we're not <laughs> going to solve all of this uh, yeah. and even if you did this exercise about what you can control and what you cannot control let's say you only focus on the one you can control yeah you have control over there's still going to be a lot yes and yeah. they're going to change so once you have figured out a specific situation let's say you're a student and you found a job that's one stressful situation out of the way but now you need to deal with the job yeah. and responsibility and colleagues etc yeah so all the stress factors evolve and they all mix in the bucket so i i would say yes um you need to find strategies that work for you as a whole person Uh, meditation might not fix directly the problem of the anxiety of being able to get off the trade, but it might help with your overall anxiety mm. feelings. I agree. And S- similar with the gardening or the exercise yeah. or the dance, like you were saying, doing yeah. an activity that kind of wears you out, essentially. Yeah. Um, and understand that is good for you, because often on a Tuesday evenings, I don't want to go to dance, because... Yeah. It's a lot of stress to get there on time, yeah. do the nursery run, be stuck in traffic, dropping my daughter at home, yeah. making sure my husband is home on time. There's a lot of stress within an hour and a half mm. to make sure I'm there on time. But I know that after this hour and a half, I feel good and yeah. re-energized. It's, it's finding the things that make you feel recharged. And it doesn't need to be complicated. It can just... Being for going for a walk with your dog, um, having a coffee. On the last podcast, we talked about doing nothing. Yeah. Trying to do nothing for a few minutes, setting an alarm on three minutes after. Yeah. Do nothing. It made me feel minutes. uncomfortable just talking about it. Yes, I know. <laughs> It's amazing though. Yeah. Um, doing simple things that whenever you do them, you feel recharged and your stress levels go down and again that is something that you can do yourself or in fact that only you can do yourself but one of the keys there is it's about developing knowledge of yourself you know of yeah. what works yeah. and the the way to do that is to start taking notice yeah. you know it, it is actually to start noticing when you feel good or you know even if that's yeah. subjective or, or it's comparative you know You might still feel crappy, but you feel better than you did. Yeah. You know, if something, if you do something either inadvertently or you do something by design, you go, I, I am going to 
go for a run or I'm going to yeah. contact a member of my family, you know, make a connection with someone. Um, yeah. See how you feel afterwards. Yeah. Um, Another way of seeing it is to try to identify the things that make you smile. Oh, I like that. If yeah. you, I don't, the things that make you smile are, are very often your coping mechanism. Uh, oh. uh, the healthy ones. Yes, gogglebox. On the long run. <laughs> <laughs> I introduced you to Jaffa Cakes. How yes. was that? <laughs> oh my god. Actually, it was under another name, but I used to love them when I was a kid. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I've got to tell you this story very, very quickly to people. That, <laughs> that on the, last, the last time Lucille was on the show, I, start, I was talking about Jaffa Cakes <laughs> all the way through, and you were very politely nodding and agreeing, and then when we switched the microphones off, you went, what is a Jaffa Cake? <laughs> <laughs> Never I was tried like... those. And now <laughs> I understand the addiction. <laughs> <laughs> so I just try not to have them in the house. That's, that's my coping mechanism. But... So, so essentially, you know, what we're saying here is for people to take ownership, but also that might sound quite scary to people that they have to do it themselves. I, you know, give the exercise a go in terms of, as Lucille says, you know, draw a bucket. Yeah. Um, doesn't have to look good. And just if you write, square, that's yeah, the just a square. <laughs> you can write inside or you can write down the sides. What are the things that you think really stress you out? Yeah. Because writing it down is acknowledging it for one thing, exactly. and that, that can be very, very helpful. And then, you know, turn the page over, draw a big circle with little circles inside, big enough to write in, and write some of the things that de-stress you. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then the key thing is to try and implement them, try to do them. Well, the first key thing is to try to be as honest with yourself as possible, mm -hmm. see it as, a, as an individual exercise, no one is going to look at your sheet yes. so like really uh, be honest with yourself yeah, don't hold you say, that, that's yeah. the first step to acknowledge this and then indeed the second one is to identify them and then make room for them yeah to make it happen and and that is something that we can all do so in the, the last time we spoke we talked about mental space yeah you know and I know that in that specifically we were talking about trying to remove the kind of household chores yeah. aspect of yeah. mm -hmm. all of that stuff that goes on in your brain. But this has the same kind of feeling to it in terms of, you, you know, if you're prioritizing something that's unhealthy for you, yeah. then you do have it within your power a lot of the time, not all of the time, fair enough, but a lot of the time you do have it within your power to make that time for yourself doing something that is more beneficial yeah. for you. yeah. And also, I want to add um, that to make it a bit more complicated, mm -hmm. sometimes your healthy coping mechanisms can become stress factors. So you need to pay attention to um, how much time and how much energy you put into it. For example, if you love running and mm -hmm. you signed up to a marathon, it can become a stress factor because it was too big. Ah. Another example, when I do this exercise in the workplace, it comes back quite often. Sometimes uh, someone comes to me and say, I'm passionate about, um, let's say, for the example, uh, golf. That's one of my healthy coping mechanisms. Mm -hmm. I'm so passionate about it that I became president of the Associate Golf, golf yeah, Club uh, yeah. in the neighborhood. And now I hate going to the golf club because... It's all my duties and yeah. admin things I got to do. Yeah. So, just to yes, prioritize it. Make sure you make room for yourself, but for yourself. Yeah. That... Not for others. Challenges are good, 
I think as well. If you can take them. I mean, I don't know what you think about this, but I, um, I've got someone um, coming on the podcast in, a, in a, a few days' time, so it'll be released in a few weeks' time. And he, he, one of the things he does is he, he does a lot of swimming. Yeah. Um, but, he did, but I think he goes swimming every day. Yeah. And, and, so I, and I, I do yoga every day. Yeah. And if I don't do it, I feel really bad. Yeah. I also feel guilty. <laughs> so there is also that aspect of kind of, if you do something, you can do something too much and yeah. it becomes a crutch or it becomes exactly. something that you, you then rely on too much. So, there, you know, there are dangers there. But I think this... It's my favourite expression at the minute, this incremental steps. Yeah. You know, little little things. One at a time. Yeah, just one just try one little thing um and move it forwards, you know, and then the next day or the next week, you know, try and increase it again. So if it's say your diet, for example, like I said, you so I've improved my diet yeah. over the last two weeks, let's say. Okay. I mean this is actually true. And I've been amazed how much better I've felt. Right. Um I've actually felt I've felt physically lighter, yeah. you know, walking down the street. Mm-hmm. I've not felt as tired. Yeah. And I'm going, wow, you know, who'd have thought that would make such a difference? Yeah. But it really, really does. Absolutely. And that was based on doing things like I was taking down my... Um, I, I cut down on the size of the plate I was using even. Okay. Something as simple as that. Yeah. Um, so I'm filling that rather than filling a bigger plate. Yeah. Um, so anyway, it's just incremental steps it's one one little thing at a time yeah um, essentially um we've come to the end yeah so Um, to conclude i would invite you to decide on one thing yeah like if you did this stress bucket exercise and you identified a few coping mechanisms or a few things you would like to try just decide and do one thing talking about incremental steps. You can't change overnight. You can't do everything at a time. That's why New Year's resolutions <laughs> never work. Yeah. So just try to commit to one thing. Um, share it with a friend, a family member, That's or on idea. the mental conversations, uh, yeah. Twitter or yeah. Facebook page. Tweet me, yeah. Great idea. Good shout out. Yeah, and just be, we can all be accountable to yeah. each other to one thing we're going to try in the next three weeks. And then see how it works. Off air, we'll do that. Me and you, we'll do that. Hold each other accountable. And how can people get in contact with you? With um... Um, So it's Lucille, L-U-C-I-L-E, at mind-it.co.uk. So we do well-being workshops in the workplace. I also organise Leeds Wellbeing Week, which is a well-being festival happening the week starting the 13th of May, Mm -hmm. 2019. Uh, really excited about it. It's going to be great events be all around the city. Yeah, great. Well, look, as always, thank you for coming in. You've been in a few times already, and I'm happy to have you back anytime you like. Really? Merci Looking beaucoup. Looking forward to it. Merci, Chris. <laughs> See you here. Thank you guys for tuning into the show. Really enjoyed that one again. Thanks to Lucille. Please follow me at Twitter, um, at Mental Comms, and on Instagram, Mental Conversations. I really hope you've enjoyed it. Please rate me on iTunes and other platforms, and another episode will be winging its way to you soon. Cheers.